0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Tales from Tolt. My name is Dwayne Davidson, your host. This is a program where we discuss the fascinating and rich history of that place we call the Sonoma Valley, basically from Monroe to North Bend. Hi, everybody. This is Dwayne Davidson joining you with another episode of Tales from Tolt. And today, my special guest is a uh, Country Rony. Uh Hi, Country.
1: Hello. Good afternoon.
0: I'm really excited about our program today because we're talking about a fun thing to do that uh, helps you learn a little bit about local history. But before we get that, uh, Country, you've been my uh, guest on a previous episode. Uh, but uh, just in case people are uh, tuning into this episode for the first time you represent a segment of valley history with a being a member of a family of the ronies to the north i always like to say there's the ronies in the north of duval and the ronies to the south is spelled their name just a little bit differently but tell us a little bit about uh you and who you are and a little bit about your wonderful family
1: yes absolutely ronies to the north R-O-N-E-Y, Ronies to the South, R-O-N-N-E-I, one is Irish, one is Norwegian. I'll let the uh, listeners guess who is who, but I am fourth generation Duval and my great grandparents came to Duval, homesteaded on the farm that I still reside on, homesteaded in 1912. And my great grandmother was part of the first woman council, with uh, besides the first woman mayor. And then my grandfather was a King County Superior Court judge, as well as the Judge Advocate General for the South Pacific during World War II under MacArthur. And then we have the my father. is known as the dumb farmer who you know wasn't a judge or a council member he just started a business in 1993 culinary herbs when Martha Stewart was just coming to the screen big on organics so this dumb farmer built a beautiful business and you can find our products in the grocery store in the little plastic containers in the produce department and we subsequently had someone come in and run the business soon after 1993, which helped. And then you have me, fourth generation, who is blessed enough to, in my years right now, brought uh, my parents into one household. And so I maintain their care until I lost my father two years ago, but still taking care of my mother.
0: What a fascinating uh, family history you have, uh, both of its impact on uh, the Duval area and just a lot of remarkable people that really uh, gave back to the community and uh, made an impact uh, on the community. Uh, Thank you for giving us that recap. I I knew beforehand almost all that, but one particular thing was new to me. You said something about a mayor, your uh, mayor Duval. What was that again?
1: So then, uh, my great grandmother served under the first oh. woman mayor, Mabel Burke.
0: Oh, the first I, oh, woman wow. mayor of Duval. Oh, that's interesting. That, that's that's uh, was that right? I don't know that part of history. I know a little bit about uh, the governance of Duval and about some of the history, but was was that like immediately after women's suffrage that uh, they got the vote? And-
1: exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. I don't a... have the year memorized, but yes, it was soon after.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So uh, folks at a Country and uh, her husband are, uh, just to let you know, we're going to be talking about a program that's happening up at the Novelty Cemetery. And these two folks uh, just uh, put in so much time and energy to uh, keeping the Novelty Cemetery a wonderful place, Uh keeping up keeping the grounds place where it, the grounds up to where it just is a nice place just to visit even if you didn't have relatives up there it's a nice tranquil place because it's so remote so um i don't know how else to explain it, it just as a nice place to go out for just a short walk and kind of relive history you don't need to really prepare for something like that you just make yourself present it will kind of take over you and it, and um You'll be able to be part of that. Uh, they both do an incredible amount of work um, up there. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, well, first of all, I want to give people just a little bit, of, because this is all supposed to be all about history, that Noveli Cemetery basically serves as a Duval Cemetery, the cemetery for Duval. But it all started off with a cemetery that is still exists to some, some degree, but it was a different cemetery up by uh, the Doherty Place. You want to talk a little bit about whatever what happened about all that?
1: Absolutely. So the uh, Indigenous people granted the land so that Duval could have, or that Cherry Valley, Duval's previous name, could have a pioneer cemetery, and so. Folks were being buried at the cemetery that's close to the Doherty Farmstead. And this is in the early 1900s. And believe it or not, even though it's on a hill, it was having water table problems. So every time there was going to be a burial happening, the grave was dug. The hole would fill with water every time. So there was had to be a good timing in between the burial services getting over and the body transported to the cemetery so they could bail out the water in order to put the casket inside wow that being said the community got together and said you know this is just not a good function and so there was a committee that was developed 1902 some of our other pioneers, including from Novelty and Duval, they got together and they sought out land. And a gentleman had a dream of the land that is currently Novelty Hill Cemetery. And he just followed this dream once he awoke and found the land, saw the stump that was in his dream, and they perked for water. And there was only sand and gravel, no water so that they knew that if they started burying bodies, digging graves, they wouldn't have to contend with the water table and the graves filling up with water. So they moved a majority of the bodies from the Pioneer Cemetery up to what we call Novelty Hills, right where the Pickering Barn is. And that's where the Duval Cemetery is currently located.
0: And I think that there was also a little bit of impact about the railroads too, right? The railroads were both competing for land. One railroad was enough between the hill and the river. But when another railroad came in, it kind of crowded it. It was the great Northern and the Milwaukee road. And when there was two, they started digging on the hill. And that also required, uh, uh, was making an impact, which really had a huge impact on the layout of the town, and they moved buildings, and it was really, really quite some something. Okay, so bodies got moved up to Novelty, very similar to what happened down to Carnation, where bodies got moved from the Pleasant Hill Cemetery down to Carnation, but there are a couple left up there, and so that, is, uh, uh, so that land is still revered as a uh, historical cemetery and uh, maintained. Isn't that true?
1: It's very true. And Novelty Hill Cemetery has donated funds to, for example, this year, we were able to buy a riding lawnmower to care for the ground. So there are bodies still located within the Pioneer Cemetery. There are uh, one and a half headstones still visible. One is a Pinkerton, which is a military headstone, Mr. Pinkerton. And the leftover vandalized headstone of a Miss Eliza McKay. So and, it is a great place to
0: visit. And then we can assume that there's probably people that there's Native Americans uh, buried there. True. Uh, is there true? is
1: actually one. It, it was the wife of Mr. Duval, And uh, because she was Native American, she had to be buried outside the fence line of the Pioneer Cemetery.
0: Oh, wow. But that, what history there. It just shows you different times and different attitudes and, and, and amazing, amazing. So um, so now we have the Novelty Cemetery. Well, first of all, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out that in this extreme, this, this extreme dedication that uh, Country and her husband do to, uh, uh, giving back to the community and preserving history they're both up there taking care of that cemetery too so they're heavily involved in novelty and you'll catch them mowing grass up at this other place so i just like to give credit when credit is due and you guys do an amazing uh, amount of work and there's a lot of us that appreciate that so um so now back to the novelty cemetery let's just run a real quick recap this is an event up there that happens every year that we're going to be talking about called the twilight tour but let's just give the uh the listeners just a little quick recap of some of the other things that goes on up at the novelty cemetery we got some reefs that are placed for some honored citizens we have a memorial day service you want to talk about a couple of the other things we do
1: Absolutely, so in the beginning of the springtime is when we do a spring cleanup and this is just what used to happen in the 70s and 80s community members family members of those buried within the cemetery would come up have a picnic at novelty hill cemetery and clean the headstones. So we've brought that back to life and we invite family members, community up to Boy Scouts as well. Any groups are welcome to participate and we clean headstones. We landscape the area, cutting grass back around the headstones and we have some old trees, rhododendrons that love managed care once a year. So we do that. And that is usually the week before Memorial Day. Memorial Day, of course, is the last Monday in May. And we have a Memorial Day celebration where we invite the American Foreign Legion, as well as the Veterans of Foreign War communities and the Duval community, Carnation community, citizens to come and listen to a Honoring statement, uh, historical reveal. Dwayne, you were our MC for this year's event, and it was so informative. You brought to life one of our Civil War veterans that's buried, one of the two buried at Novelty Hill Cemetery. And in the past, we've done the gun salute, and because the uh, members of American Foreign Legion are getting older. They have a smaller group we're not able to do that but we are able to honor our veterans in numerous ways we also have the knights of columbus that come out a few days before memorial and they place the white crosses and flags on each of our 115 veterans headstones
0: and then you want to briefly talk about the wreaths across america
1: Reese Across America is also honoring our veterans and we invite anybody to Google Reese Across America Novelty Hills because that will bring you to a website where we can sponsor Reese for our veterans. The 115 veterans on that particular day, it's gonna be December 19th at 11 a.m. for this year. And those sponsored wreaths are then, we have a ceremony around the wreaths and then we invite members that are celebrating with us. They get to pick a wreath and then place it on a veteran's headstone. And it's all those wreaths are sponsored by you, the citizens, the listeners of the community.
0: So a lot happening up there uh, every year uh, that, uh, the ties in the community and makes this such a a wonderful place and there's yet one other event that we're going to talk about that happens up there and this is just fun and this is called the twilight tour and uh and we're going to talk in the second half of this program a little bit about that so right at the moment we'll pause for a break and when we come back we'll talk about the twilight tour You're listening to Valley 104.9 FM, your station for Northwest eclectic music. Hi, I'm Seth Shostak, and I'm an actual scientist, although I don't wear a white lab coat. Maybe a straight jacket. I'm Molly Bentley, I'm a science journalist, and we are your hosts on Big Picture Science, bringing you the latest from the labs every week. So join us Thursdays at 6 p.m. for the coolest in science and technology, big picture science. That's Thursdays at 6 p.m. right here on Valley 104.9 FM. Welcome back, folks. My guest today is Country Roni, and we are talking about the uh, novelty uh, cemeteries event that's coming up very shortly, called uh, the Twilight Tour. And this is an annual event that is uh, fun and, it, and participation it is encouraged uh, for people to come up and watch this event. It's, a, it's just a fun night. Country, just wanted to explain a little bit about, I know that this, this type of event, Twilight Tours, happen in other cemeteries across the nation, so it's not a unique idea. ours we kind of borrowed about it but we kind of made things kind of our own but do you want to kind of talk about the uh uh, just give a general description about what the twilight tour is
1: yeah let me give some background about the twilight tour that it was developed as an idea uh, learned from diane baker who used to be the uh, operations or the administrator of novelty hills and her and her husband sam managed it, and she loved theater. She also used to own the quilt shop in downtown Duval, and she wanted to collaborate with Duval Historical Society and bring some of the stories of the folks buried in Novelty Hill Cemetery, uh, their stories to the community. And so I want to say this is our ninth year. I had the opportunity to take over the event four years ago and how I got to first see it was two of my generations were portrayed in the twilight tour so I got to see my great-grandfather Bill Roney as well as my grandfather Ward Senior Roney come back to life and Dwayne your family Trademarked this name is their ghost speakers now, not guest speakers, but they're ghost speakers here at the Twilight Tour. And so that's where it's re- uh, originated is that Duval Historical Society has captured many of the stories of our pioneers of those growing up or who moved into Duval in the early years that are buried. And so we bring those stories to life.
0: And the format and how this is done has taken uh, some different forms. Um, uh, Sometimes it's really theatrical and other times people have um, kind of just got up and talked about family members. Sometimes it's done by actors, real actors, uh, 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 thespians. And sometimes it's uh, done by, like in my case, by family members that uh, don't have all that much abilities at that at all but had fun representing people that were actually their ancestors uh, we uh, you know we we kind of cast people into those different particular roles so we've had a, you want to talk about a, just some of the other people that we in my particular case I'll start off in my particular case we uh, highlighted um, the Weber's that are buried there this as you probably heard, folks, this is all about people that are buried there. So it it just can't be ancestors. There's actually some people that were actually very prominent Duval people, but they're buried in Monroe or Snohomish. Well, unfortunately, they don't qualify for this because you have to be buried at the Novelty Cemetery. Uh, the The Webbers were a very uh, more than a great grandparents and they lived just outside of Duval. And we were able to do a good segment. We had four people do ghost uh, speaker roles of, of, of them. Um, do you want to talk about some of the other, you talked about your uh, grandfather, other people that we've uh, done through the years?
1: Absolutely. And I want to talk about how these ghost speakers share their story. For example, your family last year, and it wasn't just the Webbers. Duane, you're related to half this valley through five different (laughs) surnames. And so your family collaborated to get several of those last names represented Mm -hmm. in Twilight Tour. And what was really great is that your family, uh, the living family, also talked to those buried in Novelty Hill Cemetery. So that was interesting to watch those current still alive talking to those in heaven of your family. That Mm -hmm. was great. What a way to be theatrical. So you say you, say you don't have that skill. Well, you, you put a good twist on it last year. <laughs> and then we have worked with Cascade Community Theater in the past to where we have had actors and actresses act out some of the qualls, clarks, Ritz Ascenders. I will say, though, that the most exciting or emotional aspect of Twilight Tour is when a family member is able to act out their own generational history, because Mm -hmm. you can see and you can hear the ownership, the uh, patterns of behavior that that great-grandmother used to have probably brought out in her great-granddaughter that's acting that out. Correct.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we and uh, we rehearsed as some and some of the elder people in our family said, like Grandma Weber or Martha, Martha would never have said that or Martha would have said it this way. And so we had, you know, that's kind of important that people really tried to do the best job of representing them, of bringing them kind of to life of what they um, uh, how they acted, how they interacted with each other uh, so that people kind of experience that. And if it's a learning experience for those people up there uh, watching, uh, that's great. But I can tell you, it's a learning experience for those putting on the play, uh, putting in on the play too. Because you think you know these people, but sometimes you realize you know them more just in name and general factoids. But this all kind of comes to life a little bit when you really try to really experience them and um, and portray them um, is putting into practice. So. Uh, I appreciate yeah. those comments. It's always a, a, it's always a fun time. Some of the other people, uh, too, that, that we've done uh, are the Rich senders. and you want to name a few others?
1: Yes, we've done the school teacher, Mrs. McCormick, who passed, I don't remember the exact year, but I'm going to give her she, that she passed about five years ago. And we have done Hilke Ritzesender, who is two, three generations removed. His grandson, his great grandson acted him out several years ago. And then we have had the Menalias. Mr. Menalia owned the auto parts store in Duval, but we were able to portray his mother and father several years ago. And so those are the type of characters that you may know a relative you're talking to on the street of Duval today, someone that we get to talk about and have a ghost speaker tomorrow.
0: <laughs> so
1: it ties it together.
0: It's, it's a really kind of a neat experience uh, and very educational from the standpoint that uh, there's things in my head from uh, other families, other presentations I've heard I remember when, I, and I forgive me, I can't remember that uh, young man's name, but the great-grandson of Hilke, uh, his in his presentation, something he said just really profoundly hit me, that he's down there on the same land that his great-grandfather started. They basically came out here when that was in an area that flooded regularly, did not have proper transport for the milk to get to the creamery down in Monroe so a lot of times they had to go by boat or they took it over and put it on the train which means they had to take it on a boat across the river to get it on the train which was on the other side of the river and they milked the cows all by hand and he talked about that and now uh he is down there farming and there's a robot milking the cows the cows go into a a stall and there's not even a milker person, a robot senses the cows there, preps a the cow for milking, and milks a cow and feeds it while it's being milked. And I'm thinking, oh my word. As someone that milk cows <laughs> as a young man myself, I never thought I'd see the day where this would be a thing that would be mechanicalizing. And these are the kind of things you never know what you're going to learn from the Twilight Tour. <laughs> because that was
1: absolutely and can you <laughs> believe there are four dishes right here in Duval. Four generations that have milked cows on the same location for over a hundred years.
0: Yes. And that was a very prominent family with a lot of people that, uh, uh, a lot of members that the farmed uh, down there, Hilkey and, uh, Hilkey and Tennis, I believe it was the names yes. of it. Yes,
1: Tennis was his wife. Yes.
0: And then they have become Bill and Bill. And and uh, uh, I can't you got a couple, of ja- a couple Jameses in there. A couple Jameses. Yeah, they seem to they seem to have trouble of of uh, repeating names uh, in the families. <laughs> they like to, but you don't forget them. Yeah, well, <laughs> they just like they just repeat the same names every generation, and so they uh, they go on uh, uh, reminiscing about other uh, uh, people. There's a uh, uh, like you said, Mrs. McCormick, and can you think of any others?
1: Well, I, we really enjoyed the Menalias because those two, when uh, uh, they used to own the garage, like uh, Bill Menalias' grandfather was in business with George Anderson back in the day where the uh, Chevron is. And believe it or not, there is a descendant of the Menalias that runs that Chevron still today.
0: Oh, I, I, see, I didn't know that. I didn't pick up on that. But George's presentation was good. I was able to hear that one too, and that he was—he was he a—he's was uh, an entertaining guy, and that was a—that was very interesting. And once he's again, he's a great
1: storyteller.
0: Time, he is. He's actually a very good storyteller. Uh, these have all been. So let's talk a little bit while we're getting near the end of the program. Let's talk a little bit about this year's program before we have to wrap this up. So this year, what's happening?
1: Well, we're doing love stories of the Snoqualmie Valley. So again, we're just doing a new twist. We have folks that fell in love at an early age here in the valley or moved to the Snoqualmie Valley at an early age, met each other, fell in love, stayed married, raised generations here in Duval and novelty. And so we're bringing four couples together together out to tell how they fell in love, how they stayed in love, how back in the early 1900s, how difficult it was, how big families had to be as a direct result of having a farm. We, you'll get to learn about how the patriarch of many families held not just two jobs, but maybe three or four jobs to keep food on the table. Because we're talking depression time, forward. And we get to hear about wedding vows from the Pickerings. And the Pickerings are the farm and the family that are still at the bottom of Novelty Hill Cemetery. You'll get to hear from the Clarks. And that is Milo and Senna Clark that were here in the early 1900s. They had about five kids themselves. So we have the Pickerings, the Clarks, we have Tova and Ray Buren, and they have recently passed within the last five years. But they are very oh, community oriented, very engaged. They were prolific. Uh, Ray was the pur- purchaser of the depot that now sits by the police station. He remodeled and refinished that depot, donated it to Duval. So we will get to hear how him and his wife collaborated along with the Duval Historical Society to save some of the historic buildings in Duval.
0: This is so great. This is going to be, I'm going to love to hear about that because I'm a huge Milwaukee Road railroad fan. And that is a well-preserved depot uh, of the Milwaukee Road. And so uh, this is going to be interesting to hear. Well, we only got like a minute left. So should we talk about, so uh, what day is it? And
1: uh... You bet. I do want to add, we do have the Van Hollies as well. So we're going to have four couples. I forgot to mention that last name as well, but that's a logging family from Duval. So we are going to do this a month from now, August 20th at 7 PM located at novelty Hills cemetery and You know what? The cemetery doesn't have a real physical address. But if you Google it, it gets you close to (laughs) 031 116th. Now, if you knock on that neighbor's door, they know what to expect because they get visitors all the time. (laughs) But it is going to be at Novelty Hill Cemetery. We are collaborating with Duval Historical Society. We will have some of our publications that the historical, some of the stories, the written captured stories of our pioneers, books for sale. So we will, we usually have a great turnout. We always ask that you bring your own chair so you can comfortably sit and listen to the stories of our pioneers.
0: So important because it, it is a, a uh, you, wanna, you wanna be relaxed and be able to really enjoy this. So bring your chair. Uh, bring a lawn chair so you can set up and and listen to the uh, listen to the event. Well, country, thank you so much for joining me uh, today and talking about this. I really look forward to attending this year and listening to these new stories and uh, uh, and learn a little bit more about the uh, about the individuals that made this such a great place to live and uh, uh, such a great valley. So, once again, thank you, country.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Dwayne.
0: Folks, that's it for another episode. Please tune in next week where we continue to explore the history of the Sobhomi Valley. Bye-bye for now.